It's time to do the thing. That's word to your wristwatch. Pop-Tarts Bowl, Thursday night. We got the keys. You are locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? It's time to get locked in with Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Wolfpack your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right, $150. Bucks if your team wins, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Happy Wednesday to all. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. This is the last time you will see us before the Pop-Tarts Bowl on Thursday evening. We couldn't go into this game without giving you the keys, the breakdown, what to expect. But first, our top five Pop-Tarts flavors. Now, I've seen several folks over the course of the month give their top five lists. We've seen some chocolate flavors. We've seen some fruity flavors. Respectfully, I think all the lists I've seen are trash. We have the two best lists <laughs> on this program. I say that without bias, I promise. Let's get into it, Kenton. We got to have a little bit of fun before we get into the serious stuff. We're going to start with Kenton's top five Pop-Tarts flavors. Here's the thing. I, I'm huge on brown cinnamon sugar. Brown cinnamon sugar Pop-Tarts have gotten me through many a dark day. And, and those things are just delicious. That is primo. That is, you don't get better than brown cinnamon sugar. And their partner in crime, the, the one that really is more of a 1A, 1B situation than a true number two here. But we let it rock out because we try to follow rules here. Strawberry. When you got that big old box, you know the one I'm talking about. The big dooley, you know, <laughs> the big dooley with half frosted brown sugar, half strawberry. I was as happy as a kid in a candy store because, boy, I'll tell you, to this day, if somebody were to give me the dooley box of brown sugar and strawberry, I'm in heaven. I'm in heaven. There is no place I would rather be than there. And third, s'mores. Underrated. S'mores is wildly underrated, in my opinion. It's it's got that chocolatey thing going, but then that marshmallow taste comes in. Oh, oh, it just does it for me. And chocolate fudge is number four. Bring it up the rear a little bit. It's all right. It's not bad. It's not a bad flavor. It's one of those flavors, though, that's like, this is good, but it's missing something. You know, it's missing that little oomph to put it in the top three. Wild berry, number five. You know, I think the wild berry is one of those that like it sounds wild until you taste. Like it sounds like what a wild berry pop tart? Ill, gross. Until you actually taste it, and you're like, oh, hold on now, this ain't bad. This ain't bad at all. That those are my top five. Which of course, as Grayson said, we got the two best lists. 
Truth be told, I over the course of this month, I've seen so many people put brown sugar cinnamon as their top one, top two. I never knew it was that popular. So you will not see it on my list. Not to say I don't like them, but I had no idea that that was like the top Pop-Tart for the mass majority. Here is my list. And after reading it, you're probably going to say, yeah, that probably is the best Pop-Tarts list I've seen. At the number one spot, and to show you the type of business I'm standing on, I got them in the house here with me, Hot Fudge Sunday. Mm -hmm. You will not convince me there is a better Pop-Tart flavor than Hot Fudge Sunday. It's almost like having the real thing, but it's a Pop-Tart flavor. Good As bro. you might also notice by the rest of my five, I am not eating these for my health. Give me all the sugar, <laughs> the chocolate, everything. Give Any, me all of what you Anybody want. who's eating Pop-Tarts for their health, I have bad news for you, friend. I have very bad. I don't care if you eat the unfrosted apple flavor, which by far, I think we can all agree, right? Whatever your favorite flavor is or whatever, unfrosted apple is the worst flavor of Pop-Tart. Prison. Prison. <laughs> not jail. Prison. We need you in Supermax. 23-hour lockdown on Pelican Bay. Proceed, Grace. <laughs> At my two spot here, so I guess the brown sugar cinnamon for a lot of folks is the Pop-Tarts that gets them through the early mornings or maybe the late nights. That was chocolate fudge for me. That's what I typically gravitated towards as my go-to a lot of times when I'm, I just need something for breakfast in the morning or when I'm on the go. A lot of days and a lot of nights, that was chocolate fudge for me. So maybe a sentimental pick at the two spot. They are also very good. Number three, cookies and cream. Another classic. You get a little bit of the, the sweetness and the cream with you still get that chocolatey edge. The perfect blend, I would say. Cookies and cream at the three spot. Now, Wildberry, it was also on your list, Kenton. I think you should see Wildberry on every single person's list because it is that good. Wildberry is the number one fruit-flavored Pop-Tart, and I will not take any pushback on that. It is Wildberry, and it's everyone else. It deserves a pushback, but we'll, we'll let you cook. We'll let you cook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my five spot here, chocolate chip. I think they are criminally underrated. I don't think enough folks pay attention to the chocolate chip-flavored Pop-Tarts. I will say this. They should have a little bit more flavor, but still very, very good. That's my five. You know, I, I can't even remember if I've ever had a chocolate chip Pop-Tart. Like, I, I don't think I've ever had one. I, don't, I, I can't recall. I'll say this. I'll give you this. That is a very solid top five. Very solid top five. I, I think that was a good top five from you. I like the execution. I can see the vision. I'm not going to yuck your yum, as the kids say today. So I can see the vision. Um, I may not agree with you on all points, but I see the vision. You redeemed yourself with all the chocolate flavors after the brown sugar snub. I was I was worried, Grayson. I was worried. I said, oh, where's it going with this? Where's it going with this? Because everybody loves the brown sugar. I, I, I was concerned about you. But you had the hot chocolate on there. You had the fudge on there. Y'all right in my book, Grayson. Y'all right is, with me. It is the top of the top. It is by far the best Pop-Tart. If I could have any choice when I walk into Camping World Stadium on Thursday night, Give me that hot fudge Sunday Pop-Tart. See, that's that's the difference between me and Grayson. You know, me, Grayson and I both love Pop-Tarts, but he still got the boxes around to show it. Mine are already in the trash. That's that's normally how it works. Well, I only Those got things. one left. That's why I still got the box. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I'm going to tell you right now, you know, if they told me you got to choose between Pop-Tarts and the sun, I'd be one nocturnal son of a gun. But anywho, <laughs> take it away, Grayson. I also noticed that the Pop-Tarts Bowl, they're doing a great job with the promotion of this bowl. Remember what I said, a cool bowl matters. 
Pop-Tarts yeah. Bowl is very much that. And mm-hmm. I believe one of their little questionnaire things to win a, some certain prize is you had to guess what flavor the live mascot is going to be. Kenton, any guesses? Uh, I, see, I want to say the fan favorite in brown sugar cinnamon, but I feel like they go get exotic on this and go wild berry because the amount of people that haven't had wild berry in their top five, kind of insane. Kind of insane. Like there, there needs to be a discussion. And a strawberry is another one that I feel like, again, it's in the big dooley, so it's it's really famous. You can't put that one in. I think wild berry is where they're going to go with this thing. The statistics would tell you it's probably going to be strawberry because I feel like that's the most basic of yeah, Pop-Tarts yeah. flavors. I think they're going to try and sneak in a curveball when we're looking fastball, and they're going to throw us some cookies and cream. That's my guess on what we're going to see. on Cookies those. and cream would be like a slider on this thing. I, that's not just a – I mean, you go way off the plate with that thing, boy. You <laughs> – you, it just drops off on you, but all right. A little bit of fun here to kick off our Wednesday episode, but up next we're getting into Kenton's keys for this Kansas State matchup and what NC State needs to do to pull out this victory after a quick word from our sponsors. Our sponsor for our Wednesday episode is FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right, $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. As the playoff race for the NFL continues to heat up and we're in the heart of the bowl season, make sure to get over to FanDuel to continue winning more. And if you listen to what Kenton said on our Tuesday episode, Kansas State is still favored by two and a half in this game. Put the hammer on NC State to take home that Pop-Tarts Bowl trophy. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and continue winning this NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. We're back here and it's time to continue breaking down what to expect on the field for this Pop-Tarts Bowl on Thursday night. Also couldn't go into this game without Kenton's keys. Let's fire him up. Let's do it. Give me my darn theme music, please, Grayson. All righty, so we're going to start on offense like we always do. Now, folks, the last three games of the year, although we went on a five-game winning streak, the last three of the year were aggressively whooping the wheels off, folks. I mean, just dominations all throughout. And so you look at that and you say, well, how did we get that done? What was the difference in in those games? We controlled the line of scrimmage. We did what we wanted to on the ground in terms of those last three games. And that's that's really the recipe. It, it, not so much against Miami and Clemson, even though we came out on top in those games as well. But the key here, control the line of scrimmage, roll great folks up out the way. We need at least 120 rushing yards. I don't care how you get them. I don't care where you get them from. Just give me 120 yards of us moving the ball down the field on the ground. The second key, feed KC. The reality is very simple. Number one, there are certain things that we know in this life. KC never scores a single touchdown in a game is one of those things. Anytime KC gets in the end zone once, he's going twice. And number two, this pack offense is much more dynamic when he is setting the pace, when he is a key contributor, when he is doing those things. And even if he's not, at that point in time, if he gets over 130 yards of the touchdown, He's going to be a major focus of the defense saying, hey, 
stop 10, watch 10, everywhere 10 goes, we're going to key him in or we're going to key in on him until the point where somebody else has to be open. Somebody else has to be lacking attention because of how much um, Kevin Concepcion gets. So over 130 yards and a touchdown. Give me my third, please. Last but not least, be a grown-ass man. Folks, we started that here, okay? that Let the record show. Let the record show we were the first to say that, and we're going to keep saying it until Brennan Armstrong is gone. Brother, this is your last game. This is your last game. As you know, Ryan Nielsen, uh, NC State defensive uh, line coach, he coached when I was here. He used to tell us all the time, let your nuts hang, man. Let it all out, dude. Let it let it go. Let it rip. Let it fly. Brennan Armstrong, I'm asking you the same thing. Let the cojones hang, brother. It's time. This is your last time that you will ever be suiting up to go out on a college football field. Eligibility is done. No more COVID year. No more hardship year. No more medical year. No, no nothing. It's now or never. Let it fly. And I want to see a QBR of over 70. Let this last performance be your best performance. Grayson, what you thinking? Summarizing these three keys before I add in a fourth, everything the offense was able to accomplish in those last three weeks of the regular season, yep. bottle all yep. of that up and dump it out in Orlando on Thursday evening. The offensive line was bullying folks in those last three weeks. Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, and UNC. They were imposing their will nearly every single snap. You're going to need that type of effort against Kansas State to continue winning this line of scrimmage and giving Armstrong a chance or Kendrick Raphael a chance, Delbert Mims a chance. you got to give them a chance to do what they have been doing because it has been wildly effective. Kevin Concepcion is your star. Make him be your star on Thursday evening. If you can continually get the ball in his hands, he has shown time and time again he will make magic happen from there on out. Like you mentioned, Kenton, he doesn't score once. He needs two of them things. Continue feeding him all night long. And the third one here, this is the Brennan Armstrong legacy game. He's already sort of cemented himself as an NC State legend. This is his last ride. This is his last game in a college football uniform. If he goes out and he gets NC State to 10 wins in a season, stamped, cemented, immortalized NC State legend forever. Go out there and let him hang. Let it all air out. This is the last game you got. Give us all you got. And I I say this, you know that he will because that is who Brennan Armstrong is. You know he's going to give everything he has. But this is the Brennan Armstrong legacy game. He is a leader of this team. We We stand behind him 10 toes down. And my last point here, let Anai cook. Those last three weeks, like I just mentioned, he was whooping up something you have never smelled in this NC State kitchen before. Give him the spatula and get out the way. There's one amendment that I have to make, and I've never done this on the show before, but there's a first time for everything. I'm going to up the score on that first one. I'm going to up the score. You know why I'm going to up the score? 120 is lightweight for what this offense did in the last three games. Do you want to know how many how many rushing yards they were averaging in the last three games? Rushing yards per game? Like 180-ish. 208. I'm going to take that thing up. I want to go all the way up, Ricky. I want to go all the way up. Let's get it to 150. I need 150 out of this running game. 
and then we'll be all right. But 150 uh, in terms of winning the line of scrimmage, I think we'll be fine. All right. Up next, taking a look at the defensive keys. All righty. So the first one, we've seen Avery Johnson. We've seen him run. I'm sure that y'all have seen the the highlights uh, of him scoring five rushing touchdowns and of you know the the fact that that young man he looked like uh, he looked like Vanilla Vic out there. I mean, it, the boy was just <laughs> unstoppable on the ground. But guess what? You got to make him beat you with his arm. If you got to spy him, if you got to go zone, if you got to bring less pro, whatever you got to do to make him have to beat you with his arm, do it. If this offense can beat you with him dropping back, sitting in the pocket, finding folks and hitting them, you live with that. But I want to see him held under 75 yards rushing. If you can do that, if if this team, if Gibson and company can hold him under 75 yards rushing, they're going to have a tough time sledding offensively. I truly believe that. So that's the first offensive key. Second, make K-State do it right every time. The difference between the end of the season and what we saw earlier in the season in terms of, you know, the scores that you saw from the Clemson game forward, there was one big thing that you saw uh, virtually eliminated that we saw at many points of time earlier in the year. You know what that was, Grayson? Big play. The big play. Too many times we we did it right most of the time. We got stops for a majority of the game. It was just a couple of big plays, right? We talk about the Duke game as a perfect example. Without two plays, without literally two plays now, that, that offense puts up 10 points. And again, one of those touchdowns came off an eight-yard uh, little pop pass there off a turnover that put us backs way up against the wall. So if you're looking at that and saying to yourself, hey, what's going on here? You've got to make them do it right every time because this K-State offense, make no bones about it. Yes, they are missing their top two pass catchers. Yes, they are missing their starting QB. Yes, Johnson hasn't shown a lot in terms of being a passer. But if you are are not fundamentally sound, if you are falling for trick plays, this bowl season, this is not the full-time offensive coordinator. They're going to throw out every trick they got in the book. They're going to whip them all out. Be prepared. Be disciplined. Be where your feet are. Keep your eyes in the right place and keep it going. Make them do it right every time. No more than two plays of 20 or more. Give me the third and final defensive key, please. Get them off schedule. Do you know how you make Johnson beat you with his arm? It's not by getting him to third and two. That's not how you do it. That's not how you do it. When you force teams into third and long situations, by the way, third and long means third and uh, six or seven or more. Um, I believe it's third and seven or more. Third and seven or more is, is third and long. If you can force them into that consistently and say, hey, listen, we got you. We got you snubbed out on first and second down. Come on. Hit us with your best shot on third. We'll see if your best is better than our best. I think we'll be just fine. Force 12, third and longs, and we will be, I'll be perfectly content to see that one because I think at that point in time, their offense is disjointed. They're out of rhythm. They're struggling to move it, and they're constantly behind the sticks, which is exactly where Tony Gibson wants him because that's where he gets to call up his freakiest dogs. And I'll tell you what, those dogs love hunting. Those dogs go home like nobody's business. So I think that that's a very important key. Force them in the third and long situation. My biggest point of emphasis is this first defensive key here. I said this, I believe, almost every single week after that Duke loss. I said it for Clemson. You have to make Cade Klubnick beat you through the air. Couldn't do it. You have to make Tyler Van Dyke beat you through the air. Couldn't do it. You have to make Mitch Griffiths beat you through the air. 
Couldn't do it. Make Kyron Drones beat you through the air. Couldn't yeah. do it. Control the game against Drake May because he is so versatile through the air and on the ground. Couldn't do it. Make Avery Johnson beat you through the air. And of course, Tony Gibson already knows all this. Johnson's going to run a lot. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Whether it's a planned run or a broken play, escaping the pocket, whatever it may be, he's going to use his legs a lot because that is his premier function. Not to say that he can't throw the ball, but his legs are undoubtedly the biggest strength in his game. He is quick. He's shifty. He's a patient runner. He looks, honestly, a lot like a solid running back at the quarterback position. He is. He has that type of patience behind his blocking, but NC State has to keep him in a box. Keep him under wraps, and you have a fantastic shot at winning this game. Whether it's a QB spy, QB contain, whatever it takes, you have got to keep him from dicing you all day long because if you give him the opportunity to, he will not think twice about it. Up next, we're going to round out our Wednesday episode with our final thoughts and predictions for this Pop-Tarts Bowl after a quick word from our sponsors. Last couple minutes here, closing out our Wednesday episode. Now, quick reminder, again, this is the last time you'll see us before the Pop-Tarts Bowl. There will not be a Thursday morning episode because we'll be traveling down to Orlando to be there in attendance. So there will be a post-game live like there has been all year. That will serve as your Thursday episode. So you know the drill. Post-game, either look for the link on Twitter that we will post when we're about ready to go, or wait about 45 to an hour after the conclusion of the game on our YouTube channel and look for that red live light to light up. And that's how you know it's about to go down. So, of course, be sure to check us out live post-game on Thursday. We'll be in the house. Again, if you're going to the game, let us know. If there's some sort of function or big NC State group gathering, we'd love to swing through, say hello. So reach out to us, let us know. Love to see some type of roll call situation. I've seen a lot of NC State folks already heading down to Orlando. Certainly expecting a large contingency of red at Camping World Stadium. But here we go. This is for 10 wins. This is for a legendary season. It's the last game of the 2023 NC State football season. Number 18, NC State. Number 25, Kansas State. The Pop-Tarts Bowl, Thursday night, 545 on ESPN. Camping World Stadium. Kansas State is favored still by two and a half. Kenton, give me your final thoughts and your final score prediction. Well, this is a, a very good Kansas State team that I've, I've already talked about physical. They are that I would I would even venture as far as saying that they're a bit of the NC State of the uh, Big 12, if you will. They're a very physical, very blue collar, very hand in the dirt type of team. I, I like them a lot. And the reality is simple. They have to replace a ton of production in this game, and that's going to be a very, very uh, tough task to overcome. NC State, on the other hand, the, the question is how hungry are you for 10? How hungry are you for 10? How badly do you want it? Yes, we've got some folks who transfer. Yes, we got some folks who are opting out. Yes, we, we are not like some other universities, and if you're transferring out of here, hey, see you later. We, we You are not going to play in the bowl game, buddy. That is not how it works here. Uh, but I think that we'll be able to replace um, or not replace, but I think everybody will rise to the occasion in terms of not wanting to let El Capitan Peyton Wilson down. And, and, you know, even though he's not going to be on the field showing up in a meaningful way, having gotten word about 
uh, battle or white yet, but I think that they'll be playing. I think that's a, a very good sign for, for NC State if they do play and whatnot. But in all seriousness, I look at this situation and I see a game that I, I think to myself, very winnable for NC State, very winnable. Ten games is attainable. It's right there in front of you. However, I agree with Vegas. Not only does um, not only does Kansas State win, they cover 24-21 Wildcats. This is a very fun matchup, and there's plenty on the line for both schools in this one. It's This matchup is actually just one of only a handful of ranked bowl matchups for both teams, but this is a super fun one. Kansas State's been an electric offense all year long, and despite some missing pieces in this game, I still expect them to re- somewhat resemble that on Thursday night. Their young quarterback is a potential nightmare. The NC State defense has looked like one of the better defenses in the country since October. So there's a lot of moving pieces that are going to clash. You have no real idea what it's going to look like on Thursday night. The offense for NC State has really popped since the second coming of Brennan Armstrong. And on paper, you do see a lot of favorable matchups in NC State's direction. But like you mentioned, the motivation behind this one, NC State absolutely wants this one more. This is for number 10. And we want 10 wins so freaking bad this team and this fan base deserves a cherry on top for the roller coaster of a year that we just had and also we want to use this game as a springboard into an exciting offseason and into the 2024 season so nc state wants this one we only have a couple major pieces that will not be suiting up for this one you feel like we're nearly at full strength coming into this game They want it so bad. Kansas State has a lot to prove. NC State has a lot to prove. Give me Kansas State by a score of 31 to 27. The Wildcats are eating the Pop-Tarts. They're eating the live Pop-Tart mascot. And NC State will finish the season with just nine wins again. But cannot wait to get down to Orlando. Can't wait to see all the red in the stadium. Make sure to hit that like button. Drop your comments. If you're heading down to Orlando, let us know in the comments. Let us know where everybody's hanging out. Maybe we'll swing by. And as always, mash that subscribe button. Last reminder here, no Thursday episode during the day. It will be a live post-game feed, so be sure to join us on there. Here we go. This is for number 10. We're getting after it. We'll see you all in Orlando. Until then, go Pack. Go Pack.